Welcome to Over the Bar, a podcast about U.S. soccer. You could not write a script like this. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? DK! Weston McKinney puts the U.S. back on level terms. We're your hosts, Sumer Shamla, Noah Barnes, Nick Mansky. Boys, get your beers. Over the bar. Over the bar. Over the bar. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. It's time for Over the Bar. As always, I am your host, Noah Barnes. I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts. We're back. The Three Brigade is all back today. Sumer Shamal, Nick Mansky. Gentlemen, what a day for soccer. How are we doing this, this fine evening? Doing mighty. Doing mighty, Nick. Thanks for coming back and joining us. I feel like it's every other week, man. We lose you. Right, oh, my gosh. Yeah, the roasts, man. The roasts. Like no, I'm... no, no. This isn't a roast. This is genuinely like I get scared sometimes. Like I know. It's also true. True. We don't hear from you, and then all of a sudden you're not here, and I genuinely get scared. I just, yeah, fine. You know, uh, I, I'm here. I'm here now. That's all that matters. You're good? You're back? You're good? I, I'm alive. I'm good. I'm good. Nick, uh, I, I do have, Nick, I do have one question for you, just so you know. Like, does... Does, does Greg Bearhalter know that you record this podcast with a John Brooks picture in the background? Um, if he doesn't know, he should know now um, because hey, I you're did. Gonna get, you're going to get our podcast ostracized from USMNT Twitter, bud. Um, I, geek. Geek, geek. Uh, I don't He's know. Not ostr- He's not ostracized, right? Come on. You heard his comments. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He is not ostracized. It's the fourth excuse now that we've heard in five separate occasions. I, I, don't, I don't know. Hey, man, I, I was I was believing some, some maybe maybe it is true. There could be different reasons why he didn't make it into each camp. It doesn't have to be all the, the same reasons. You know, one camp it was, you know, they genuinely need, maybe needed to look at other like, you know, I don't know. I personally am seeing some sense. A little bit. I still think it's wishy-washy when it's not like, you know, there's obviously many different remarks, but like there could be different answers for each camp. Potentially, potentially. I, um, I tweeted something out the other day, actually from, from the over the bar account, um, that I expected was going to get a lot more pushback than it did, um, about Aaron Long and John Brooks, the comparison between them, because the most recent excuse that we did hear about John Brooks was that he doesn't fit the high line. Um, and what I tweeted out was that John Brooks and Aaron Long have the same defensive weaknesses, but John Brooks is just miles better on the ball. And and I thought that was going to get more pushback from the Aaron Long stands, but it, it did not. What, what were you hearing? Uh, I'm interested. No, I, I got very little pushback at all, mostly because it probably just didn't get much interaction, but <laughs> you know, I mean, my 12 that's yeah, I mean you're you're not totally wrong there with the fact that you know they are they definitely do have some similar deficiencies and John Brooks is pretty phenomenal at the ball ball. It's you know sometimes I think like you say know, so the excuse the excuses blah 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 but it's just like it's crazy to think that a player of you know that caliber on the ball you know at times is someone not part of the team right now, um, especially with Miles out. You know you know you'd think that'd be even more of a reason for someone who might have been on the fringe, fringes to 
really have a shot at making the team. I will. We will know in a month's time, like what's up officially. Like if he has any shot of going to the World Cup, he will be there. There's no chance. I feel like, in my opinion, that like more than one player probably doesn't come to September or two players and then goes to Qatar. Yeah, I, I, I probably probably say correct on that one. Obviously, barring injuries and everything like that, which fortunately injuries is something we have to talk about again now. But there's a lot to talk about. Um, a decent amount, actually, I would say. Some MLS games going on. We're kind of in that weird period right now where, you know, MLS is still going on. Some European games have started. Some leagues have started. Some are in the final stages of preseason. So you got some U.S. guys playing competitive matches in their division and then some U.S. players doing friendlies against Barcelona. And no one really knows what's happening. So I'll turn it to you guys right now, though. Any, any particular storylines that you want to kick it off with right now? For, for for MLS guys, European guys, let's go with it. Samara, I watched a good amount. Yeah, yeah, I watched a good. I watched a good amount this weekend. You know, finally being back home. Um, obviously, Union game took some time. Speaking of the Union, though, you know, want to start it off and talk about Jack McGlynn continuously. You know, upgrading and expanding his role with that team, and we've talked about this, and we talk about it week in and week out. And this week, he got his first goal. Um, and like many people have talked about on various different platforms, you know, and including us, it was going to be, who's going to you know be the first one. Cause it's just a matter of time for some of these kids on the union until they break out. And Jack McGlynn's really starting to do so. You know, we saw it with an assist, a uh, late one the other weekend, uh, at home. And now this free kick Golasso was beautiful. His left foot is, is something magical. And, uh, he's just such an interesting player because not one that would maybe quote unquote be you know, the true and true American that you might remember at times um, with his finesse and technique and, you know, non-athleticism, non-athleticism to some, but what an interesting player to, to evolve and, and watch right now with the union is Jack McGlynn. Yeah, no, I, I definitely second all of that. And kind of what you're saying, one of the things that, that you brought up very kind of briefly just now is his uh, physicality and his athleticism. And I think he's, I think he's one of the, at least on the union team, I think he's one of the best players when he has the ball at that absolute class. He, he can pick a pass out. Obviously he can hit a free kick, which we saw. And um, he's very, very skillful with the ball. But one of the things that I was very impressed with him over the weekend is his physicality, his athleticism in that number six role. We usually see Jose Martinez um, of Venezuela, um, um, Venezuela kind of play that position in a way where he's kind of playing his heart on his chest or he's going in for tackles and kind of all in. Um, and I, I and it's a, it's a hard position to play. Um, and I, I I was very impressed with his uh, Jack Glenn's kind of physicality and his his speed with the ball, speed of play with the ball. And I think it's definitely an improvement. We saw like truly like even a few games ago from him. Um, I think he kind of really stepped in that role and, and Sumer Noah care to disagree with me. I just was very impressed. I mean, it was against a, a, a no offense to Houston fans, a dismal Houston uh, dynamo uh, squad, but he looked good. And he, he looked like he was, should be in that role playing on the first team. I mean, I, I don't know how much. Five hour energy. Yeah, no, it'll be it, – it's a fascinating one with, with Jack McClinn. Um, Nick, we'll figure out your audio issues over there. We got you. But, uh, no, Jack McClinn – so 
I, I think Sumeri kind of hit on something there that we're we're waiting to see kind of which of these union three would would jump out first. Um, and well, union four, I guess if you count Brandon Craig, who I think is is gonna make a lap too soon. But and I and I definitely real quick now, I, I was able to catch some, I'm gonna go into it after. I was able to catch some of Union two. Mm. I do want to get into uh Brandon Craig and, and even Paxton Aronson after that, but go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're that's all good, man. Um my, I, I kind of had a question for you guys too, because going off the Jack O'Glenn storyline, that is Jack being potentially a a less typical United States midfielder than, than maybe we're used to seeing, uh, especially when we're used to seeing like you know Greg's preferred lineup and everything like that, where it's it's ball winning midfielders, it's energetic, high pressing midfielders, and and not to say Jack O'Glenn can't do that thing, but is is there potentially a revolution coming when it comes to these type of players being more valued within the U.S. structure for you guys, right? These guys like Jack McGlynn, Alejandro Alvarado Jr., Diego Luna. I mean, it, it seems like younger guys, and, and Luna especially got some minutes uh, at the end of the game for Real Salt like this week too. Like, is this a revolution that we're seeing potentially, or, or am I just jumping the gun on that one? So uh, real quick, I have a question. Do you throw um... – Luca Della Torre in that as well, or, or, or not as much? I think so, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I probably myself would throw him in that kind of category, but I just want to, I want to run it by you guys and see what you thought. I think he can be, uh, but it's, it's, it's rare though, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's making a comeback in the, in the professional game as well. These quote unquote luxury players, right? The guys that you typically think of aren't going to necessarily do the hard yards, aren't going to you know, put in as much of the defensive work, but are going to be be you know very tidy, delightful on the ball, not necessarily the most athletic or anything like that, but are, are going to have that ball ability. I don't know. I, I really, it seems like more and more are cropping up from a U.S. perspective when we've never really bred that type of player before. But I, I would love to hear you guys' thoughts on on the, that type of player coming to the fore, it seems like. I think 100% that it's a, it's a different style of a player that this country and national team and clubs have seen. Um, am I reaching when I say, when I use the word, if I use the word like regista, like with someone like Jack in terms of just like his distribution and, 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 and passing line IQ and just like, he, he wants to put the ball on a platter on your foot behind the line with no one knowing where the ball is going to go, disguising it in snake eyes. Like that's what he wants to probably do. And, um, players like him and Luna and, you know, De La Torre and these such technical midfielders. I think we'll have an, you know, an increased role with this national team as we move on. Um, we just weren't able to develop maybe players like that in the past. You know, I think recently you're looking at, you know, Pulisic's and then you look at Reyna's and then you look at De La Torre's, they're coming. But now I think we'll see even more of a wave of these just technical players on the ball who, who realize that they don't need to use or have the utmost athleticism and pace and skill and power to, to get what's done. And you see teams all across the world, national teams and club teams have these type of players, and how influential they can be when they just use their, you know, you look at like Tiago and then you look at like Jorginho and then you look at, you know, players like that is what I think of like similar to Jack McGlynn. Um, and I, yeah, I just really think that there's going to be more of these type of players as we keep going, just such skillful and creative players um, that it's only going to go up from here for sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that was where I was kind of going with that. Um, and uh, Nick will be back in a, in a second, but um, I guess his Wi-Fi went out. Yeah, whatever. We'll figure it out. 
If Nick comes back on today's episode, Nick will be back on. We're having some connections. <laughs> That's all good. Sumer and I can carry it from here for a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, but back on this technical player, I mean, I think it's it's certainly something that I would like to see the U.S. put a higher focus on development for. And, and maybe that's why we've never done it in the past, right? Maybe it's a focus thing. They definitely have. They, I feel like they definitely have. Right. And, and I feel like that's a dis- difference from what we've potentially seen in the past, where the focus is always on, you know, we're going to work harder. We're going to be more athletic, more fit, more physically strong than the other teams and try to figure it out that way. And I think we could be so much more than that. I think there's the player pool to be so much more than that. And I love to see both MLS clubs putting an emphasis on that and, and when it comes to development, as well as, as you know, all these youth academies and, and the USSF youth academies and things like that too, putting it, putting an emphasis on that development. So shouts out to Jack sure. because he balled out this week and it really looks like he's establishing himself in that Philly midfield, but any other, let me, give me another guy, Sumer, to, to kind of bounce off of who else we, we hyping up this week. Who else are we hyping up this week? I mean, Another another regular on our on our shows, obviously, that deserves hyping is Brandon Vasquez. And just the rise of Brandon Vasquez this season is just keep on it just keeps on going. And like we said, you know, a month ago, you know, if he just keeps on banging in goals all season and we come to September and right now he has 12 goals and five five assists. If we come three weeks from now and he's got 15 goals, eight assists and something, something, you know, just tearing it up still like that is going to be seriously, if it's not already someone to consider, you know, potentially with, if the form of the guys in Europe isn't up to par, you know, if they're not banging in goals, then that might open up even more of a chance for someone to come into into September, like, like Brandon Vasquez, but just the evolution and rise of him this season has been amazing to watch. And Cincinnati is back. Not back, they're here. Sorry, they're here. The first they're time. here. They're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're, they're here. here. And so is Brennan Vasquez. And, and you know, I, I was one of the guys who, I mean, I, I remember saying that on a podcast a couple months ago that, like, this is awesome to have a guy like Brennan Vasquez leading the league or up there when he, he was leading the league at that point, but, you know, up there for the league lead in goals to have a guy who's of U.S. nationality leading the league in the domestic league is, is awesome. And, and we, you know, we should be striving for that year in, year out. And he said I, he I, had but, communication with Greg. You saw that too. Yep. Yep. And, and like, do I think it's a bit of a reach still? I'm, I, I'm sure that was, I'm sure I wasn't doubting that that was the case though, but continue. Oh yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like, like I said, I, do I think it's, it's a reach for him to be called in September and, and potentially called into the world cup camp. If, if he keeps going like, yeah, I think that's a bit much only because I have questions over his game and his ability to do it at, a, at another level. We've seen that MLS doesn't always translate, but look, yeah, I said it then. I'll say it then. I'll, I'll say it again too. Look, if he keeps scoring, if he keeps doing what he's doing and putting the ball in the back of the net, he's, he's only going to force the conversation on himself. And that's incredible to do for a guy like so, Brandon Vasquez, who we, none of us were really thinking was going to do much this year. At least I wasn't high on him at the beginning of the MLS season. Maybe uh, yeah, no. average, but he has he had promise, you know, with with Cincinnati for sure. They were just a really bad team the last few years that it was impossible to probably see anything. I mean, like Acosta was there last year and they still struggled sometimes. And this year it's a you know a totally different story. Um but for someone like him, like I think you can still see many aspects of his game that are really strong. 
that this player could potentially go to a higher ceiling than the MLS, you know, if things work out and, and continue. Mm. Like, one, he can put the ball in the, in the back of the net multiple different ways. Head, foot, you know, right, left. He's, he's, he's really good at putting the ball in the back of the net. He can check back and, and build up. And he's pretty decent in holding up the play. So he's got these, you know, he's got these uh, traits that are really strong. You know, you can question whether or not it'll, it'll translate to the national team. But devil's advocate could say, well, maybe he just now he's that player and he just hasn't had the opportunity to show you he can do right. that. Right. You know, sorry, he, he wasn't there. At, he wasn't that type of player in March, but he is that player now. And it would translate now potentially. And that would be something to be seen in September. That's how you would know. And if the situation, like I said, of the other European strikers, if, you know, God forbid DK's injured and Sargent, you know, isn't playing and Pepe's playing with not, but not scoring and we call in Haji and then we call in Ferreira, then it's like, okay, well, I don't know, maybe here comes a Vasquez shout, you know? So based on the situation come September, I think his, his, his uh, percentage and chance of making it will change, but there's totally a shot, in my opinion, that this player could be reaching their skill level now and only going up. And there's no reason why a player like that should be not given the chance to go to the – like, he could be that player for the World Cup for us, you know, is all I'm trying to say. No, I, I, I 100%. And I think Brandon Vasquez is a guy who, who absolutely, within the U.S. structure, benefits from the position that he plays, right? Being a striker in this system where, really – our striker right now is whoever's scoring and whoever has the confidence about it. And like, that's just the state of our nine right now. He, he absolutely benefits from that. And, and I could absolutely see a, a scenario in which he scores, you know, four more goals by the September camp, four or five more goals by the September camp and, and is in, you know, at, at least in a provisional college for the September camp to see if, if anything does come through. I mean, look, it's one of those things where I don't think there's a harm. And if he keeps it up, and talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Ah. Exactly. Speaking of strikers, though, because we'll, we'll bounce to Europe here in a little bit. A couple of our strikers, I think actually all of our strikers were in action in some capacity this past week. And um, yeah, some, some in league play, some in, some in cup play, some in preseason. Exactly. And some performed pretty well. Others potentially not so much, shown glimpses. Um, let's start with the two championship boys, Daryl DK and Josh Sargent. I caught glimpses of, of both those games and, and obviously looked up their like foot mob scores and everything like that. And I think both are the players that we thought they were. And, you know, maybe still adjusting, maybe shaking off the early rust, but hoping to see more from two guys who are given opportunities right from the jump in the championship this, this time around and, and maybe... I don't know. I wasn't totally impressed. I'll put it that way from either one. I I watched uh, Norwich's game um, against Cardiff. I believe this is who they played when I was watching that. And he he looked like he was still playing on the right wing with Pookie in the middle. Um, Unless there was a two striker, but it looked like he was on the right. And so still not in his, like technically what I would believe is his preferred position. Um, yeah, I mean, we all said that we wanted him to go to the championship, be able to excel there against lesser competition. I thought it was going to be much easier to watch championship football, but I realized it's going to be a struggle throughout the year watching that game. That was just kind of like, ugh. 
Um, and then two red cards, both teams went down to 10 men. It was kind of like, that was, that was the best part. But I just want to see him succeed and be more influential in that game. He didn't really cause much. There wasn't much that he was creating dangerous plays. Um, he's not getting on any kind of score sheets or anything. And Norwich just, you know, seemed to, should have dominated that game a little bit more instead of getting that result that they did. Um, I didn't catch the DK game, but I want to see more from Sargent. They're now in league play. Like you, you're getting this increased role. You, you know, they're, they're sticking with you, even though they went down because they think you can you know, help them. You started that first match. There's you know, gotta be some confidence with you now. Let's see it on the field. Let's see it, you know, right now and give yourself a chance potentially for September. If, you know, something happens. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. I think we all want Josh to succeed. And I don't know if he's being in the if he's being put in the best position to do that. Look, I mean, the, the thing we know with Norwich in the championship is that Norwich are going to likely, more likely not, they're going to score loads of goals. They're going to create tons of chances. Like the it'll come for Josh Sargent. I hope. It's it's one of those things where I think it's a it's a nagging thing at the back of my head that is going okay. What if it doesn't? What if he doesn't succeed in the championship? And and that's I think a bit of the struggle right now for me that I think there is so much there for Josh Sargent for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to put it together. And it, I personally, then you think you kind of have the opposite with Daryl DK, whereas you can see him starting to put it together and you can see that the talent and everything is there. And I think it's just, he's going to grow into it where I, I, I don't necessarily see Josh Sargent doing that as much. We'll go to Daryl DK in a minute because I, I liked what I saw in parts from DK. Um, he is a problem and a handful for defenders, even at the championship level, which I love to see. The championship known for its you know robust physical. That's because he's a battering ram. <laughs> he is. He is <laughs> and like, I love that about him. But then you go to the more technical side of his game and, and there's just, there's so much left to be desired there. I, I, I was disappointed with the hold-up play, with the link-up play. Like, it's better than it was at Orlando. I'll give him that. I mean, to be expected, he's playing at a higher level. But I really, really, really want DK to be able to put that together because I think he could bring something so valuable to the U.S. with that physical skill set that he has. I mean, DK is a really strong player. I mean, it's a question of whether or not, you know, like he'll develop into that type of player that you're talking about, or if the type of player he is, is the one he currently is right now, which is a battering ram that knows how to get the, get the ball in the back of the net and can do it in a variety of different ways. And, you know, it can really be a threat up there depending on how you play and really think fits the championship. Uh, but I hope that he evolves out of fitting the championship and can really bully, you know, top tier players and stuff like that um, in different leagues. He has a chance here to to stake his claim. You know, he's you know he's with the team that you know now has been there for a little while in the big full preseason. You know, what can he do this season and, and start the season strong? You know, two like you said, two two championship strikers there. It will any of them, one of them, succeed in this early part of the season? And and we're talking about the World Cup, but you know there is a whole season that these players got to you know succeed for. And if they find their form in 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 January and one of these teams gets promoted because of it. I'm sure the teams and the fans will love them still. You know, we're talking on a U.S. spectrum. We're talking very much based on we want to see like results now so that you can potentially be informed for the World Cup. And if they're not, we'll be disappointed and we'll harp on you. If there was no World Cup, we might not harp on them as hard, you know, with these early season, you know, results type of thing. We might be like, oh, well, they're still, you know, 
you know, still nine more months of the season. So that is one thing to think about. Definitely. Uh, question for you both, actually, then, as we're talking about strikers. And we, I know we, we had a whole podcast about the U.S. striker pool, but what type of striker, because we're talking about, like, two different kinds of guys, right? Daryl D.K., Brandon Vasquez kind of in that, and then maybe Josh Sargent, Jesus Ferreira. What type of striker do you guys see as fitting this U.S. style of play best? Because I think that's kind of an identity problem that, that we haven't really developed with our nine yet. Like, what type of nine we really want to play? Or are we calling in the best guys for that role? That's a great question. Um, give me a second. Sumer, go for it. Give me a second to think about it. Because I think you hit it. I think, like, we do have an identity problem with our strikers. I think that's the tough part about it. Um, yeah, give me a second to kind of gather some thoughts. I mean, I think it's valuable to have a few different type of traits of a striker that, you know, that I think that are in our pool at the moment. Um, I don't know. I, I think that for me, uh, I'm looking for a striker to be able to combine well with our wingers that team and our midfielders who are looking to combine. You know, we have the likes of. You know, I don't want necessarily so much maybe someone like Daryl DK at times. I really want someone to be able to play with with Pulisic and with Wea and with Reina and Musa and Delatore at the ball at their feet really well. And then secondly, I want you to be a threat in the box, like a serious threat in the box. And yes, DK might have that in players like PFOC and stuff. But for me, it's just as important to be able to be a threat in the box as it is to have some sort of combination intricately with these wingers. Because our wingers and some of our center mids are so skill- skillful. And I think that sometimes um, they deteriorate when the striker is someone who maybe can't play off them as much. And then they have to change and play, you know, more towards the striker and into him and crosses and stuff. But I, I, just, I don't know. I just feel like our team is the most free when the striker position is, you know, really strong at holding up the play and combining. And that's why I think that Greg goes with Jesus a lot. Um, but it was struggle. We were struggling at times to see the, the threat and the goal production in the box. And it was like, okay, well then, you know, if you can't do that, then, you know, if you can do the goals, we can maybe work on the other thing. But if you can't do the goals and you're just doing the other one, I mean, you know, a little bit hard sometimes. But they showed faith. They're still showing faith. Yeah, and I agree with you, Samir. I think one thing I'm looking for as well, uh, and it's, this is something you can't really – you can't go on a training field and go train for it, right? You can't get on – I think I'm looking for a striker that has the kind of intangible knack for goal, right? I think that this, the stuff that you can't really, it's hard to teach. It's only kind of through experience, through kind of knowing where to be and, and where to, and whether that's not even where that's not necessarily someone who's quote unquote, a poacher in the box, right. Who's, who knows where to be in the spot. Just someone who, who will kind of take a chance, take a shot, take you on. Um, and also be that kind of, all right, if the, the ball's coming near post, you're there. If the ball's kind of back post, you can readjust yourself. So someone, that is the intangible of you're not going to learn it necessarily on a training field when training by yourself. It's more of just more experience. And, and as you go, and um, I think that's something I'm looking at and, and Sumer, I, I want to kind of repeat what you said, but yeah, I'd love for someone to be able to link up with our wingers, link up with Blissig, link up with um, Timothy Wea, like hold up the ball, let our kind of midfield come up with it. Like, yeah, in a perfect world, I'd love for that as well. But I think that your your wanted... first your first example, I guess, is you just wanted to explain Jossie Zardes. 
Uh, I you said it, not me. Uh, and also, yeah. uh, I, I'm 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 good without Jurassic Zardes. Um, I'm just kidding. yeah. Right now, what team is he on? I I know. Just kidding. <laughs> you could have you could have just you could have just said Jurassic. I, I could have, but I, I I didn't want to. No, I'm playing. I don't. Playing I, I don't want a yet. type of striker. I think I you want to say Jurassic Zardes. You're right. I did want to. Yeah, say I, I, yeah. Zardes. You were like, I'm looking for Jurassic Zardes. I just want to say oh. Jersey Altador. That's all I want to say. I bet you do, New, New England boy. No, I just want to say Puebla. Puebla. God damn. Uh, no, I so I think it's it's a weird one with the strikers because it's a weird one. <laughs> it's sometimes a catch twenty two with all the roles that we ask our striker to play, because we simultaneously it seems like in this system Greg simultaneously wants the striker to be a link up player, a false nine, but then also we're relying, it seems like, on our striker being the main source of goal production, and those two things don't often go together. I mean, unless your name is Robert Lewandowski, like or Kareem Benzema, it's hard to find a player that is going to be able to do both those roles, to be an exceptional link-up player and also be the guy finishing chances. And and so... I just have high hopes we'll find someone like that. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope so, but I, I also think we have to, you know, be realistic about the guys with our ceilings, right? We're talking about Daryl DK's, Josh Sargent's, Brandon Vasquez, Jordan Pifak. I'm like, yeah, could they be good players? Absolutely one day, but are they ever going to be Kareem Benzema level? No. Like that, let's just, just be real about it. And so potentially the issue we may have with a striker is that we're asking the striker to do all these different things, but we don't have a guy that particularly suits that role. Josh Sargent is, is a great example of a guy who's a great presser, which is what's asked in the striker system in the, for the U.S. A great presser, great link-up play, doesn't have that killer instinct in the box, right? Jesus Ferreira, same thing. Less of a presser, if you ask me, but, you know, good link-up play, more technical than Josh Sargent. Mm-hmm. Not a good press, doesn't have the, the final. Daryl DK, just the opposite. Brandon Vasquez, potentially just the opposite. You know what I mean? So, like, it's tough. And I don't really know what the answer is. I kind of like Brenner's, uh, not Brenner's, Vasquez's feet a little bit. I, I'm hopeful that there's something there. But again, it is lesser competition. Do you like PFOX hold up and, and, and feet? I think he's a really big body at times and can, can maybe do it, but. Yeah. I mean, I worry, but Jordan Pifak, I worry a little bit about the, the technical side of it. Can he, can he bring others into the play? Can he operate in tight spaces? Can he run the channels too? I mean, yeah, we, we, ask, but I, that to me is like an issue though. It is an issue of asking our strikers to do too many things. Here's the way that I view the game. It doesn't make sense to have your striker be chief creator and chief goal scorer. <laughs> you can't do that right yeah. if we want to we want to create for the wings right we want to use build up play to the central to facilitate place the wings and cross balls in okay well that only works if you have somebody who can cross the ball and somebody who can finish off chances we have neither we have a lot of strikers that are good at, at link up play and some that are good at putting the ball in the back and end but none that are good at both yeah i mean that's why i think that you know it's going to be so valuable to call up some different types of players to this, to this world cup squad, you know, like we, we, we can't be the only ones who obviously recognize that we have a few players in different categories that really strive in those specific categories. And so calling up, you know, diff, both players that fit both different roles and Greg's talked about this, you know, obviously hot hand will be one thing to, to look at, but knowing that a guy like P Fock or DK could really be a destroyer in a game is important to think about. And knowing someone like Pepe or Ferreira, could really and you know or potentially even sergeant could be really interesting link up players and you know to, to move the ball 
uh, in situations we would need that. So, and then in the World Cup, you know, it's all about, you know, at that point, just just finding World Cup form. Like if you can just find that form in those games, then you're going to be gold and you're going to be the guy. Uh, but it's important to have, I think, because we don't have a number one, multiple different styles to be able to play in the World Cup and not just bring Ferreira, Pepe, and, you know, I don't know. We're forgetting Haji Wright too. I think Haji Wright is is someone who can potentially might might be on the on the Venn diagram a little bit of of, of both at times. So you know he, he obviously sticks with the Turkish league, which a lot of the maybe U.S. fandom might not be able to recognize and see at times because of him playing there when he could have gone to like the championship or something where more eyes would be on him. Uh, but still, someone to think about for sure. Hopefully, Greg gives him a shot. Uh, but yeah, that's my take. Just needs to be different personalities and styles since we don't have a one. I like that. Uh, Nick, any final thoughts or, or any other guys you want to, or on that topic, or you want to turn us to some, some other, other topic, other MLS guys or European guys that you want to talk about? No, that's it on the strikers that I got. Um, I know uh, before some technical issues, do we, do we cover Brandon, uh, Brandon, Brandon uh, Craig at all? We did. Brandon Craig? No, not Brandon oh, Craig. Brand- oh, did we cover Brandon Craig? No. We did not. We, also did not, we also did not cover Caden Sullivan, Quinn Sullivan's younger 14 year old brother. And we also did not talk about. Um, um, tell, you're Ethan, like we also didn't talk about Ethan Waddy, who's currently on loan from Chelsea in the English third divi- uh, sixth division. So we did not talk about those two players. Everybody else, though, we got to already. Everybody else we talked about, we forgot yeah, those. Two. Had a little technical uh, difficulties. Uh, sorry. No, all good. no, if you're referring to Brandon Vasquez, we, we did talk Brandon Vasquez. Um, oh, we're on the strike. All right. Yeah. yeah. But in general, though, Nick, I'll, I'll toss it to you um, for, for guys that you kind of want to bring up. It could be European-based guys that had a good weekend. It could be MLS guys that had a good weekend. Yeah. No, I, I, we didn't. Uh, so if we didn't talk about uh, – uh, we didn't cover – Brandon Craig, um, Sumero roast me the amount of times I've, oh, I've said Daniel Craig instead. But um, um, so Brandon Craig, I was lucky enough to catch some of the Union Two um, this past weekend. Uh, actually, yesterday, um, spectacular final goal, by the way, two um, one over Columbus two. Uh, but I wanted to highlight uh, Brandon Craig because I thought, and and it was a scrappy game. It was a wet scrappy game. It rained last night. Um, and it, it was, there was, it wasn't like the prettiest soccer in the world, but I thought he was, and kind of what we've talked about with our U twenties, he was very commanding, um, held a very good line, um, very smart with the ball, very good at just in terms of if he was, he was playing right center back, um, link up with Cole Turner, um, at the CDM. And then he was also, um, swinging the ball to, um, and I'm, I'm going to start naming play Anton Sorensen um, on the uh, left side of the field. So he was very good at swinging back and forth. And then I didn't see enough. I didn't see a lot of kind of a killer ball to like a Quinn Sullivan or um, Chris Donovan um, who was, who was playing up top. Um, and, and, but it was, I was very happy with his kind of command over union two and, and, and confidence. He looked very, very confident. And, and, and I've definitely spoke about that uh, a bunch of times. So that was something I was really happy to see. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Kind of these, these kind of under 22, 21, 20 year olds, 18, 19, these, these U S guys, it, it, we're, we got a, we got a good team. Um, it's very exciting. And, and, and we have a good kind of, we have a good feeder at, at this point. 
Um, and, and I know we're, we're looking towards that 2022. We're looking towards December this year, but I, I, it kind of really gets me amped up for 2026 when, when I think that I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything and say our golden generation, but like knock on wood, our golden generation is coming up. And, and I think we, we got some, we got some, um, and hopefully I kind of feed our golden generation. So, yeah. I like that analysis though, because it does seem too, and I wonder if it's going to be a golden generation. Maybe it's a, a topic for another podcast. I wonder if this is going to be an off, like a one off. We could go on and on about no, this. We could, because yeah. my take is like, I think, and this you know goes back to even the conversation that we we're having earlier about new types of players being developed. I, I think that, that you're seeing a, a shift in total from the way we think about soccer and the way we try to develop players and, and you know, getting more in line with the global game. And I, I don't think it's going to be a one-off generational thing. I mean, you know, you, there's, there's accounts on Twitter, youth, youth following accounts on Twitter that are talking about positive 07, 08s right now. Uh Oh, that's and like, <laughs> and there's like, there's, well, it's oh awesome. That's cool. That's cool. It is. It is. It, and like, I, I think there is a shift in the way we, we start to think about this. And I, Brandon Craig as a center back is a perfect example of the way that we're shifting how we think about a lot of the soccer positions to develop a ball playing center back from all the way through the Academy is something that you never would have seen us soccer doing 15 years ago. I, I don't think. Yeah. And that's, I, I really like it. And I think Brandon Craig is, is going to be kind of the first him and, and maybe like a Jalen Neal, are going to be the first couple of a new breed of center backs that's going to hopefully come through the MLS development ranks. So, so I'll pose a, this kind of question real quick. I, I don't, we don't need to get super into it, but you know how, and this is something that I've just have seen and you guys have seen, but we've kind of gone away from, and I just want to, I want to, I want to uh, kind of a quick feeler before you, um, and this is definitely a podcast idea for another time, but We've gone away as soccer in general. I'm, I'm going to lean toward European. We've gone away from the Barcelona's tiki taka pass away, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm going to pass your way out of pressure triangles that we've kind of got as, as soccer, even in Europe and, and all the leagues over there, we've kind of gone away from that. But do you guys think that because of the U.S., we're a little bit later to the game, right? Do we think that we're now kind of developing that? Or is this, am I just kind of, talking out my my butt right now and do we think we're we're kind of yeah i mean i think that you're that you're right that we obviously are behind in development you know the you know the style of players that other countries have been able to you know develop over years and realize that they have the potential for we are just now noticing so yeah i mean it's exactly why the players you've been talking about are now being developed rather than were being developed you know i think it's 100 percent true on that mark yeah yeah and i mean i think there's there's kind of two parts to to the question that you brought up right there's a question of player development and then then there's a question of tactics true when you when you talk about player development i'd echo sumer almost word for word that that yeah i mean look we haven't been developing yeah for a long time i agree with that one yeah i answer my own question kind of exactly exactly now when you talk about like tactics a, a global shift I don't think that's how I'd push back on. That's how tactics work, right? Tactics kind of work as a, as a, as an evolution, as a game wide evolution, rather than a, like, there's no timeline, right? You don't go from 
long yeah. ball to tiki taka to yeah. you know complete soccer like that's not how tactics progress so i would say that like from a tactical perspective i think mls is is doing what it needs to do for the most part and mls teams are doing what they need to do and and, and you know the level of play necessitates a certain style of tactic and that's just kind of the way that it is the global game as of right now is is you need 11 outfield players who are technical class on the ball and and that's you know kind of where we are right now from a from a national team perspective though i think you have to look at it where and this is potentially where we run into issues sometimes you can't style tactics in a national team because you can't pick the players right you're stuck with a certain set of players so you have to create your tactics for your national team around your player skill sets rather than trying to shoehorn players into a tactical setup that may not fit them. So like it has to be a blank canvas for me. And so maybe that's why we're seeing changes constantly in the way that we play. I like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was a blank canvas um, and which is why there were struggles at the beginning, you know, with the inverted right back and all these different techniques that someone wanted to play in and was putting players in positions that they weren't used to because they're told to play a different way with the clubs um, and stuff like that. But I wanted to just then change the subject. Speaking about players being developed in different ways, you know, recently you talked about Brandon Craig. I uh, wanted to highlight someone's move who I believe plays in a similar way, very good um, with the ball at their feet at the center back position um, and a new style of player for our center backs who is just a little bit ahead of Brandon Craig and Chris Richards, finally moving to, to Crystal Palace. He's a player who embodies a lot of the, a lot of the traits that you were just mentioning with Brandon Craig, but you know, we're seeing it just further developed with him even more physical, even more pace, even more, uh, you know, ability to make breaking lines in, in, you know, into the midfield. How do we feel about that move? I know I feel really strongly about this move to, to Crystal Palace and learning under Vieira and playing in, in that back three and just the type of team Crystal Palace is, especially the five-year deal that he got showing a lot of like promise and, you know, you know, he's really finding potentially a club that he can like really grow at instead of just a hopper. Um, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts. And when you talked about Brandon Craig and just that type of player, you know, obviously made me think of Chris Richards as well. I'm excited. Um, like you said, he wasn't going to, wasn't going to get a lot of playing time at Bayern Munich. Um, and I also, I, I rate, and I'm going to think about this in terms of a kind of, it's another American in the Premier League. Um the physicality, the speed of the Premier League is a lot different than the Bundesliga. Um, I think it only suits him. I'm excited. I, I'm ex- very excited to see all these all these kind of players go over. And I think he'll be very successful. As I love Patrick Vieira as a um, as a manager, and I think he knows how to develop players very well. Oh, um, we know why you love Patrick Vieira. Yeah, my CFC we're, boy. We're, we are we are very well aware why why you like Patrick Vieira. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, big fan what, what of color, What color shirt are you wearing right now? I'm wearing a nice blue shirt. Would you say it's, it brings up my would eyes? You, would you would you be offended? Would you if someone called it NYCFC blue? Would that be accurate? Hey, today we all are for the same team, same <laughs> national uh, soccer <laughs> team. Um, and but yes, Patrick Vera. Yes, no, I, I like I'm, it. I'm excited. I, I like the way. Um, I like that Patrick Barrett, I, he knows what he's doing with, play, with, with players. He's a very good manager. And I think that Chris That's Richard and, and not to discredit the kind of Bayern Munich system because Bayern Munich is 
one of the best play, uh, best uh, clubs to develop at um, over in Germany. But I think that it was going to be a matter of playing time. Um, and I think, and, and I think that the level of play is going to be a little different, more physical, fast, and it's just, it only is going to benefit uh, Chris Richards for our yeah. team. And, and yeah. Same. Uh, he, look, Chris Richards is jumping into a team that was the eighth best defense in the Premier League last season. Uh, and Patrick Vera was pretty adamant all last season that he wanted to play in a back three, didn't have the, the personnel to do it. Um, you know, pretty much had two strong center backs in Mark Gerhi and, oh my God, it's not Wes Anderson. Joachim. Yo- Yo- Joachim Anderson, right. Thank you. Um, had, had you know, the two two high quality center backs in those two, but then pretty clear drop off to him from, from those two guys to, to James Tompkins, uh, who would be that third center back option. So, look, yeah, I think Chris Richards at the, at the very least is going to come in and, and play third center back and can fight for those two spots. Absolutely. Uh, or if, if Vera is serious about playing a back three, then, then yeah, he slides right into that. Chris Richards fits the personnel for a back three. I like it. I like it. He, Vera was, was, had nothing but positives to say about Chris Richards. I think he played like 15 minutes or so in uh, Crystal Palace's most recent friendly this weekend, uh, but nothing but positives to say about him. And, and it really seems like he's going to be at the very least a valued member of that team. And, and I, I really like to see it. I think it's an area where he can excel. Love it. Love it. Love I think it. I, I think that there's a few moves this off season and movement within clubs and movement of clubs that could really potentially allow for players to have breakout years. We know they're already good. We know they're strong. We know they could potentially play in the top five league in Europe. Um, but I mean, like actually be a strong player similar to like, you know, obviously Weston McKinney and Christian Pulisic in my eyes are on like a little bit of another level in terms of like impact on the global scale and, and, and their just, you know, their, their soccer ability. Could we see players like Chris Richards after this move reach that kind of level? I'm not saying by the time November comes, but like he's a player I feel like could, this move could really move his career. Um, And I think of other players in that same boot, you know, Brendan Aronson, I think the move to Leeds could really boost his career into the player that, you know, we could one day see him being as, you know, as strong as Pulisic and the same with Tyler Adams. And then the other player I wanted to mention just in-house movement is just Eunice Musa. Obviously he didn't move clubs, but it just seems like we have these players here who are just primed for, you know, not just, oh, I'm playing professional football. No, no, I'm going to become a star at playing over here in Europe in a, in a top five league for professional football. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I love that you brought Eunice Musa because I was going to bring two guys, two central midfielders in, in that category for me of like potentially going to break out. Eunice Musa. And Giovanni Reina. I, I think if they can stay healthy, this is both their years to really you gotta stay healthy. That's all I'm gonna say. I and if they can, dude, this is gonna be their year to put themselves on the map. And the reason for that mostly in every preseason game that they've played so far with their clubs, they're playing centrally. They're playing as an eight. And I that where Gio's playing for Dortmund, yeah. He's playing he in just... yeah, he's playing as an eight. He he played 45 minutes the other day. Okay. All right. Playing centrally. I love it. I really, really like it. Okay, I like it too. It's still obviously, you know, I will say, you know, both these guys are still under the age of 22 and still out, you know, eligible for the 2024 Olympics in Paris. But yeah, these two players seem ahead of their schedule and primed for breakout years. Right. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. All we got to do.
Um, anything else that you guys wanted to mention before wrapping up? I know we've been been on here for kind of longer than we expected tonight, but I know we, we, I like we were it. just so en- we were so engrossed in technical difficulties, but we we're engrossed. I like it. Anything else you guys want to mention? Or, I mean, or- I would just I will say just like the you know the season start next week. It's gonna it's so exciting. It's awesome. Let's let's go get it. There's so many players with potential here, and it's all gonna start. And the championships already started, but. I can't wait to watch all these Americans abroad just start playing in their new uniforms all over the place. It's, I mean, you have players in every single league. They'll probably be an American playing at every single time slot for the Premier League, you know, type of thing. So um, it's going to be amazing to watch. I did have – go ahead, but I did have a random goal scorer in my head, but I forget now. But go ahead, any if anyone else has the last thoughts while I remember. I'll maybe give you a random goal scorer that you're thinking of. Joe Scali scored. Joe Scali did score. Was that DFP Polkum match? Was that uh, like a competitive match? Was that? Or it, was that a it, it was. They were playing against like some fifth tier side. They won seven nothing. But yeah, P P Fox scored two. I saw in in Pokal as well. Random goal scorer. Not sure who you'd be thinking of. Was it Nick Mans- uh, Nick Mansky scored for Philadelphia Union? Did I hear? No. Yes. Oh, I think it, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, Chris that that was Durkin. me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was Chris Durkin for DC. Scored with my eyes. Mm. Correct. It was yeah. Chris Durkin for DC. Yeah, that's that's who I was thinking that's of. Crazy. Oh Chris, yeah, look at this Chris. guy, Mr. DC. Yeah. What a what a what a comeback. Oh, also, also, do you know who the goalkeeper is for Columbus Crew two last night? Noah. Uh, no, but he was bald. Or it no, wasn't. Was, yeah. A buzz cut. All right. Why oh, was it not? Perfect. Um. Nick can give you a visual description of him because he has I no idea who he is. He messed up a few times. I know that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Can you give uh, Noah some more visual? clues as to who it may be. Uh, bald, bald is a good one. Bald white, is a good one. Uh, buzz yeah. cut. Um, he had a yellow. <laughs> it's not Pepe Reina, is it? No. Columbus Crew 2? No. I didn't think so. Think former U20 national team goalkeeper, U17 national team goalkeeper. Um, he didn't look that good. I'll just say that. <laughs> Brady Scott. Brady Fr- no, he's still around? Columbus Crew 2, yeah. Didn't know that. Why didn't Chris Brady start though? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. Brady Scott started. What's his name, right? Brady Scott. Yeah, the one who played in Germany. He where did yeah, he play yeah. in Germany? Where, where was he? I don't know. He was somewhere random. But oh yeah, don't forget Austin Trusty for Birmingham City. They're already chanting his name. You saw that? Yeah. No, they do seem to like him at at, at Birmingham. Um, I look. And that was an interesting, interesting move. He he looks. It was a strange move. His transfer to Arsenal. It kind of came out of nowhere and wasn't really something we were expecting. And the loan move was was obviously imminent from there. But look, I I it's a pre it's it's not a preseason match. I don't know why I said that. Um, he's like Christmas and August. It's just a, oh, wait. It's just a, it's just a random move that I just want to mention as I saw the thing. Oh yeah, no, his name I like it personally. I yeah. am gonna push back on all the chant all the, the people I have seen it saying like Austin Trusty. The second we get one guy playing in Europe, it does sometimes feel like we're bring him in and and like i'm not there with austin trust yet but it's good to see guys oh no not at all yeah just think it's funny that oh yeah 100 percent. it's a weird move but anyway that is going to do us here do it for us here at over the bar as always guys if you could follow us on twitter leave us a rating on apple music or apple podcast spotify whatever you are listening to us on currently five star ratings are always helpful and appreciated thank you all so much for joining us we will come back at you hopefully next week talking about you know, 17 U.S. guys scoring for their club teams in Europe. I'd say that's something to wish for. But as always, thank you for joining us so much. Catch you all later. Bye.